Welcome to the podcast. It's Pat and Stu in for Glenn today. Uh, quick note before we get the podcast going. Uh, before the show, Glenn had uh, uh, a family emergency that uh, made him not be able to attend the show. He was all prepped and ready to go just a couple minutes before showtime and had to leave. So if you have a moment, if you're the praying type, uh, saying prayers for Glenn and his family would be greatly appreciated. Um, and we'll have more. Uh, I'm sure he'll want to talk about it when he comes back, but it may be a few days here. Uh, so that would be really important, and we really appreciate it. Uh, look, Pat and I did a show together, a Pat and Stu show on Blaze TV for a, a very long time, and uh, it was that was that came in handy today because we had no idea what was going about to happen, and we just started going. But the show came out, I think, really funny, and it was it was a lot of fun to do, and, and in very strange circumstances. So we appreciate you checking out today's podcast. You go to uh, Stu Does America and subscribe to that podcast as well. Pat Gray Unleashed is available on this podcast app as well. So make sure you check those off your list as well as uh, the Glenn Beck program. Get them all de- delivered every single day for free uh, whenever you uh, click subscribe on your podcast app. Here's the podcast for today. You're listening to... The best of the Glenn Beck program. Uh, Hunter Biden he was uh, interviewed on <laughs> 60 Minutes over the weekend. I can't uh, believe he's doing press. It seems ill-advised, <laughs> Pat. Uh, doesn't it, though? Mm-hmm. Yeah. H- hide. I, They're hiding your dad. He's the president of the United States. Why are you out in the press? Right. We can't get him to do a freaking press conference. We're getting stuff from Hunter? Yeah. And he's he's the he's the surviving son that Joe Biden never talks about. It's always it's always about Bo. Yeah. And uh and so it's kind of it's kind of sad in a way. Um although I think he got himself into a lot of this stuff, but uh he was talking about the laptop over the weekend it, on 60 minutes. And you know, it just may be that that was hacked by Russians or Chinese or Mongolians. I'm not sure who hacked it, but somebody might have hacked it. Uh, here's what he was talking about. It's on 60 Minutes. Was that your laptop? For real? I don't know. I know, but, but you know that. I, I really a, don't know. Okay. Answer, what? You don't know yes or no liar. if the laptop I don't have was any yours. idea. I have no idea. So could have been so, yours. Of course, certainly. It, 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 there could be a laptop <laughs> Certainly. Out there, yeah, it might be. It could be that no. I was hacked. It could be that it was, the, that it was mm-hmm. Russian intelligence. Could be. It could, could be, be that it was stolen from Martians. Me. Aliens. Aliens, yeah. Could have easily mm-hmm. been aliens. Could easily, easily have been Plutonians. Yeah. Or Martians. I don't know which. Uh, Someone from Jupiterians, the planet, maybe planet Zarkon, Saturnites could have been Zarkon. The, yep, yeah, mm-hmm. Zarkonians, I think, is what they like to be called. I'm so, well, I'm sorry, from the planet Zarkon. Yeah, oh, I was going to say uh, Zarkon Five. Oh, okay, they they just call them people from Zarkon. They yeah. they don't like the Zarkonians. They've been a long. There's a long term war in the in the solar system. Long story short, uh-huh. uh, it could have been Biden's them, a liar. It could have. Uh, what? <laughs> yeah, that's, Wait, what? Oh, that was a surprise. Look, Pat, that came out of Pat, nowhere. The laptops come and go. I don't know. Where are all my laptops? They could be anywhere. I, I was walking down the street the other day, bumped into a giant stack of my own laptops. They really? were just all over the streets. How did they get there? Russian I intelligence? I don't know. It could have been anything. Like, this is this is one of the worst answers. And this is something he's had months to prepare for. Yeah. What and this is it? the best you can do is maybe it was. Maybe it was. I don't, I don't know. know. Of course. 
course it could be. <laughs> I went I went to, I went into a swimming pool the other day. It was filled with my laptops. <laughs> it was just a giant swimming pool of old laptops. I don't know how they got there. I have so many Russian hacking. Through, uh, yeah, Russian hack could be Russian hacking. Could be people yeah. from Zarkon. Right. Could be Zarkonians. We don't know. We don't know. Uh, I mean, we're Canadians. Talk- <laughs> I don't know the damn Canadians could have done this. I don't know. I don't know, man. All I know is I go through eight to ten laptops a day, and I don't know where they go. They just all disappear and go into various various IT people's hands. And who knows Every how they I get there? Every time I give one to an IT person, I just leave it there. <laughs> Could it be mine? Yes. I don't know. Of I course. didn't know they could, they could fix laptops. I was just turning them over. I thought it was like a hazardous <laughs> substance. <laughs> like, I, a, like a I toxic the, sludge. The geek squad just ate them. That's what I thought they did. That's what I thought. I thought... I thought Jeff Fisher worked there, and he just, <laughs> just ate them when like, they came in. They're so crunchy. I mean, who could resist? I mean, part of us, oh, I, I do appreciate the fact that the question was asked, and I should, so I should I. lead with that. Yeah. However, I will say, I, 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 and I argued this during the campaign, I can understand why you would be skeptical, especially if you're in the media, of like Rudy Giuliani coming out with a found laptop a week before an election. Mm-hmm. I can understand why mm-hmm. there'd be skepticism on a story like that. In fact, the storyline of how it got to the IT person that was left there, and then it like it all seemed very questionable. Mm-hmm. All of that being said, no one ever asked Hunter Biden whether it was his his laptop. Before the election, they didn't even say like, look, okay, I can understand you're not going to confirm or deny every salacious detail here, but can you tell us, did you, did you drop off a laptop at this place? I mean, that's a totally legitimate question mm-hmm. that if he says no to it, at least you'd say, okay, well, he's denying it completely. They didn't even get him on the record with a denial. Yeah. They right. didn't. All they said was, we can't right. believe these tactics. They kept going back to that same well. All these tactics. They're just trying to make a scandal right before the election. Yeah, okay, but did you drop it off with this guy at this address? Were you ever... You know, the, the one that just happens to be a couple miles from the train station you'd be getting off all the time? The one with all of your emails in it? Right. Like, they keep quoting your emails. Uh, how how do they how do they do that? How do they get the video of Russians, you doing things? Uh, Canadians. Deep fake? Well, I think the Canadians were working with the Russians. <laughs> And the Mexicans, and they went after my lap- laptop and put a whole <laughs> bunch of fake emails in there. Hacked them like, right into it. I mean, I so it's stupid. inexplicable. It's so stupid. And, you, and there's no, I mean, the follow-up of like, could it be yours? Well, how about, you know, could, look, they say you dropped off a laptop. Forget whether this is your laptop or not. Did you drop one off at this place, at this address, with this phone number and this business name? Might have been a good question. Like, can we get... Yeah. And obviously, of course, the real reason he's not answering it is because he did. Mm-hmm. And it was his laptop. And the fact that they actually were banning the New York Post's Twitter account mm-hmm. over a story that obviously, when you watch this interview, was true. I mean, we thought it was true before. Mm-hmm. But obviously, this was his laptop. These things were on his laptop. And they just decided to ignore it so that at the end of the day... Donald Trump would not be president anymore. I, 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 I'm not a person who always says that, but like it's clear they saw a narrative from 2016. And I, you know, I, I read enough. It's my job to read the left-wing media so you don't have to. And I read enough left-wing media to see they had constant complaints 
for the four years of the Donald Trump presidency that they believed, again, this is insane, but I'm going to lay it out for you. They believe they were too tough on Hillary Clinton in the, in the campaign. They believe they gave too much oxygen to various scandals like the email scandal. And they believe the reason Hillary Clinton lost was kind of their fault because they, they decided to be, in their view, honest and cover these emerging scandals that were being talked about and, and that were out there like the email scandal. And so they believe this time we can't let that happen again. And you, some of them talked about it outwardly. That like when the, when the when the right comes up with their scandal last minute, we need to ignore it because last time we did it, and look what happened. That is the way they viewed 2016. So in 2020, so when this it was came successful up, for them too. they did exactly what they said they were going to do for four years: completely ignore it and not even try to vet whether it was a real scandal or not. And now here we are, a year after, six months after the election, and they are now admitting. That they should have been asking those questions. Why are they asking them now? Why are they bothering with it now? Now that the guy's already president of the United States, now you're going to ask the question about the laptop? They were so invested in removing Donald Trump with any means necessary that they just intentionally ignored this. They did. They they mm -hmm. talked about it. They admitted it. And they executed that uh, way of doing business without shame without shame and here you see that obviously the ramifications of that is it worked donald trump yeah, isn't president did. anymore so you know that that's going to be their plan every time now you got to believe it they're just going to ignore any scandal uh that is coming from the left they just won't pay any attention to it they won't give it any oxygen uh it did work this time it's hard to argue with that they didn't talk about they didn't talk about hunter biden at all in yep, fact, yep. they made it a conspiracy theory yeah. if you believed anything was wrong with him, that he did anything wrong in Ukraine or China or this laptop thing. If you believe any of it, it was just a big conspiracy theory. Well, now all of a sudden they're starting to look into some of it and they're finding out that the guy's a bald-faced liar mm -hmm. and a drug addict who maybe he doesn't remember because he was so drug-addled. <laughs> Maybe maybe he doesn't know because he was so wiped out on drugs. He he admitted that he relapsed as as late as during the campaign last year. Mm. During the campaign. And this sucks, man. I mean, this is a tough thing for anybody yeah. to deal with and and it's I'm terrible, sure it is you know, I'm sure it's hard for Joe Biden to deal with. His sure son is. is a disaster. Yeah. His son is a disaster and that's not easy to deal with. It's but not. it is it is easy for the media to deal with something like this. I mean, this is a guy who is returning rental cars with lines of drugs still, still on the dashboard. on it. Again, <laughs> do your drugs when you rent a car. Well, do all the he drugs. he left a line or two for uh, for the nice rental company people. Like a tip? Yeah, like a tip. <laughs> yeah, I left you, Snort whatever's left on the you a dashboard. couple of lines of coke there, so enjoy that, won't you? <laughs> he's had a really <laughs> tough time. He's been impregnating strippers all around the nation. Exactly. Uh, he's been on, like, the impregnate stripper tour. Uh, <laughs> he's been involved with his... You know, with his brother's widow. Oh my gosh! It and really his is brother's ugly. widow's sister, and then the stripper in Arkansas with the baby. Look, family family stuff can be really <laughs> difficult, and I and you know they've had a kid die. There really is a a rough road here for the for the Biden family over the years. I mean, this has been a yeah. a really rough, bumpy, yes. ugly road, and it's not about. Even though at times we may mock Hunter Biden, it's really not about that. It's about the media. 
holding them responsible for their criminal actions. Did they occur? We don't know because no one asked the questions. You know, you could go through uh, Peter Schweizer's book and see a lot of things that I would call criminal. Oh, and they're all like documented. A bunch of things. Yeah. I mean, and he, not just with Hunter, mm-hmm. but like the whole family. The whole the family. Whole stinking family. His brother is another big one in that. His brother, his daughter. Yeah. It's all over the place in that family. Uh, yeah. There's lots of corruption. They've been using power in ways that I don't feel comfortable with for a very long time. But that is the the media's job is to ask those questions and not wait till April. Mm-hmm. You don't ask the question in April. I mean, it's better than not asking it at all, I suppose. But you don't wait till April. This came out before the election. This should have been talked about. Mm-hmm. And everybody on earth should have been aware of whether this was Hunter Biden's laptop or not and everything that was on it. And just let the American people decide then. That would have been nice. Yeah. If the American the American people had the information and they were able to decide whether or not it mattered to them. But that's the problem. They chose wrong last time. Yeah. And we can't let them choose yeah, again true. because they chose wrong last time. That's right. the way they view this. And it is it's not true. a way to get you real information, I'll tell you that. The best of the Glenn Beck program. Looking at this vaccine situation in Florida has been fascinating to watch. 60 Minutes ran a big expose. And it's clear now the media has decided Ron DeSantis is a front runner for president in 2024. This is now they're just doing anything they can to sink this guy at this point. They've decided it, they need to make sure they take him down before he can get started. Mm-hmm. Because And you look at DeSantis who's a guy who's elected in very narrow uh, election in Florida. Mm-hmm. Very close election. And has seemingly done really well. I mean, it's really hard to, to, to look at his performance and, and say anything other than that. They, mm-hmm. they kept things largely open. They sort of led uh, the country. And, and, you know, I, we should be clear here. They, they, they didn't exactly leave. I mean, they had a mask mandate, but they lifted it in September, where it took Texas, just did it, you know, a couple weeks ago. Uh, you know, they, they, were, they leaned freedom. Let's put it that way. They leaned freedom when dealing with the coronavirus. And with a very elderly population, one of the oldest populations in, in America, finished sort of a middle of the pack for for COVID results as far as deaths per million and many other measures, which is impressive. I mean, I remember when Florida first started having an outbreak early on in Miami and, and in other areas, and it was thought to be like, this is going to be really bad because they do have an older population. Mm-hmm. And if this starts spreading like crazy, the most vulnerable people are going to be very vulnerable. Well, it didn't wind up turning out that way. And Florida performed really well. And DeSantis, you know, I've heard him uh, discussed as a professionalized Trump, right? Where he does a lot of the things Trump does. But, you know, Donald Trump, for for all the things he does really well, was also very interested in, like, calling people on MSNBC ugly, right? Like, that's not Mm -hmm. what Ron DeSantis does. He loves mixing it up with the media. He goes back and forth with them all the time, but it's usually more about issues rather than, you know, people's appearances and, and the sort of stuff that like Trump as an entertainer, Trump as a media personality got into a lot. People like DeSantis because he brings a lot of the same policies, a lot of the same things to the table, but he doesn't he doesn't go down those those sort of outlier ro- roads that would make that made a lot of even Trump voters uncomfortable. A lot of the tweeting. Yeah, he, you know, he doesn't he doesn't participate in. And it's not like he's like understated. DeSantis likes to mix it up, mm-hmm. but he usually is doing it based on issues of governance, 
where Trump, you know, a lot of times obviously was much more interested or, you know, as interested in just mixing it up and fighting with the media. You know, DeSantis likes fighting with the media, but he's usually doing it over something, some sort of policy thing. So this happened with 60 Minutes over the weekend. This is, let me give you this clip. This is, uh, they're trying to figure out basically why Ron DeSantis used Publix, which is a big grocery store chain in Florida, as a distribution center for the vaccine. Now, if you've ever lived in Florida, this would strike you as like super obvious. Like there's a Publix on every corner of every street. In between, if you are on a residential street and there's six houses on it, the last lot is filled with a Publix. That's how it works in Florida. Which is a grocery store, right? It's a grocery it's a, store. Yeah. It's like a Kroger or Albertsons. Yep. It just it's just it's really a, dominant in florida really dominant in florida no very well known for their very uh very good sub sub sandwiches uh that uh certainly didn't add to my weight gain while living uh in florida and there's one right around the corner from 970 wfla our tampa affiliate and we would go there i mean i'm pretty sure that's mostly what's responsible for jeffy's size was the the, <laughs> the, the proximity there. of mm. that Publix to 970 wfla okay. So here is a 60 Minutes with a, I mean, they dug deep on this one. We can't get Hunter Biden to be asked a question about his laptop before the election, but they dug deep into this Ron DeSantis Publix controversy this weekend. Let's listen. So why did the governor choose Publix? <gasps> Campaign finance reports obtained by 60 Minutes show that weeks before the governor's announcement, what? Publix donated $100,000 to his political oh, action committee, whoa. friends of Ron DeSantis. Oh my gosh. Julie Jenkins Fancelli heiress to the public's fortune, has given $55,000 to the governor's PAC in the past. And in November, Fancelli's brother-in-law, Hoyt R. Barnett, a retired Publix executive, donated $25,000. Oh, my god! Publix did not respond to our request for comment about the donations. Governor DeSantis is up for re-election next year. Oh, I imagine Governor DeSantis's office would say, look, we privatized the rollout because it's more efficient. And it works better. It hasn't worked better for people of color. That's true. Before, mm -hmm. I could call uh, mm -hmm. the uh -huh. public health director. And she would answer my calls. Uh, but now, oh. if I want uh, to get my constituents information uh -huh. about how to get this vaccine, I have to call a lobbyist from Publix. That makes no sense. They're Wait, not accountable what? to the what? public. Wait, Distributing what? vaccines is lucrative. Under federal guidelines, Publix, like any other private company, can charge Medicare $40 a shot to administer the vaccine. Okay, there is so much packed into that clip, it could take us a whole show to go through. First of all, the idea that Ron DeSantis is choosing how to distribute the vaccine based on $100,000 <laughs> of donations <laughs> hey, that's what, split over multiple yeah, years? Come on. Like, this come is on. insanity. Why on earth would he care Wait, about that? If it's that? $100 million, maybe that's influencing him a little bit. But yeah. $100,000? Right. <laughs> big deal. Now, of course, as and this has been talked about by public health <laughs> officials for a very long time, in that if you put... If you put the vaccine availability in places that people are familiar with and go to off often anyway, they're more likely to get it, mm -hmm. right? Like if you need to go mm -hmm. to the, what did he say? Oh, before I could go to the public health director and they'd answer my calls. Well, who? not mine. Right. I've, I've never talked to a public health director before. It's much easier. Public is much more accountable to me than a public health director. 
They don't even know. They don't know mm-hmm. who I am. I go to Publix. I go and I, I buy food there. They have to keep their customers happy. They are very accountable to the people. And people are in there all the time are going to see signs for, hey, you can get the vaccine here. I mean, I, you know, every year when the flu vaccine and I, I, I'm somebody who gets the flu vaccine, typically, usually what happens is I'm in CVS and I see the sign. I'm like, oh, yeah, I was supposed to get that. I might as well get it now. That's usually how I get it. Because I'm just there, and I'm like, I remember that it's there, and I so I go and get the flu vaccine. Now, again, this is something that is non-controversial. It, CVS is distributing the vaccines for COVID all across the country. Walgreens is doing it. Why are they doing it that way? Well, people go into those places. It's not like it's not like trying to like if you have to file a, a government form like to change your address or or to. Um, to the typical stuff that you have to go to town hall for even sometimes to register to vote or one of those things it's much more arduous than going to the place you go to all the time i never know where to go you go in the you go in the town hall there's all these different buildings they all have none of it's none of it's self-explanatory it's always a difficult process to deal with government so instead they put them in walgreens so you just walk up there and say hey uh you know I have my appointments today get the shot get some you know hostess products and walk out <clears throat> because those are healthy mm-hmm. so completely understandable and happening all over the nation florida is not the only one that is distributing vaccine this way in major consumer centers that's what the concept is go to a place where people are already you don't have to spend millions of dollars advertising because they're going to walk by the signs all the time so this goes on uh they they, they try to lock down desantis on this obvious scandal <laughs> Which is just completely. He's getting outrageous sums of money from these people. Yeah, a hundred thousand dollars. Oh, we should also mention when he goes. Oh, it's not working for people of color. If you don't know uh, Publix, it's a whites only grocery store. Uh, <laughs> is they, it? Yeah, they do I not. I didn't realize that was legal. But yeah, no. Yeah, they don't not allow black people inside oh, of boy. Publix. Dang. Uh, <laughs> Bastards. What are you t- Why? Why? You, do black people? I know they can't get IDs. They apparently can't get to grocery stores either. Well, that- no, they all live in food deserts. Food deserts. We found that out from Michelle. <laughs> That's right. Which, by the way, is not uh, accurate either. We went uh-huh. around Texas. This is back in when we were, I was doing a Remember show. That? I loved. Oh, they're so such fun. a great. Uh, when so you fun. were doing the food deserts yes. in Dallas, it was called. We did a segment called Deserted, and it was on the show I did on for the Blaze called The Wonderful World of Stew, which is a weekly show. So we get to have a little more time to do uh, production uh, on mm-hmm. these things. So we would go out on the field, and I would go. I would find food deserts. <laughs> In, in Texas. And they were actually designated, designated as, as food such. deserts. And then I would go yeah. visit all the grocery stores inside the food desert. <laughs> because without fail, they would always have not just one, but multiple grocery stores inside in what they called the food desert. Unbelievable. And it just, these are just straight out lies. They would say that, you know, they had, because they put out a map. And they said, this is where all the food deserts are. And I'm like, I'm standing in one. I went to one that had a, um, a, a Target superstore, which is a full grocery store inside, a Walmart superstore with an entire grocery store uh, uh, store inside, a Sam's Club, which has lots of the same types of things, uh, and an, an Eatsies, which is like more of a, I don't know, like a craft sort of grocery mm-hmm. store that, ha- you know, it's not a grocery store. It has some prepared foods, but it has like a mix of things. But you couldn't but, get like fresh produce at any of those places. All of them. Right? I think you get fresh produce at all of them. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, what, and like some of the some of the places didn't have like, you know, unhealthy processed snack foods like Eatsies wouldn't have something like that. 
mm-hmm. but you could get that Walmart at Target. Walmart would. Walmart would. Target would. Yeah. Uh, so all these things, and they were. It's a. It's like a. I can't be more than a, 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 a square mile for sure. It's much less than that. I mean, these are, these are things that like you could drive for, to all four of these places within three minutes. They're that close to each other, and they're inside the food desert. <laughs> and so we went and visited them, and we're like, "Look, we can't find any produce here." And so that's all over the place. Which is, of course, why they don't talk about food deserts anymore. I guess not, because <laughs> there really aren't any. Not <laughs> I, in America. Now, look, if you're in the middle of nowhere in a rural area, like sometimes uh, maybe. that's the case. But that's not yeah. the way they they. But that's not yeah, that's not how they define it. No, they're talking about urban areas where you can't get fresh food. And the idea, once again, is these evil corporations don't like minorities, so they don't put grocery stores near mm-hmm. minorities. Apparently, minority money is not effective to as a as a uh, yeah, they incentive don't they don't want it which is ridiculous these places are all over they, the place they're all over the place and they don't care where their money comes from no they don't care they don't care uh so here is uh ron DeSantis. uh they're trying to trap him on this we know the reason why you gave these vaccines <laughs> to Publix is because of this listen to this cliff it's amazing we wanted to ask governor DeSantis about the deal but he declined our request for an interview. Oh, no. We caught up with him south of Orlando. Publix, as you know, donated $100,000 to your campaign, and then you rewarded them with the exclusive rights to distribute the vaccination in So Palm first Beach. of all, that, what you're saying is wrong. How, how is that not pay to that, play? That's a fake narrative. I met with the county mayor. Mm. I met with the administrator. I met with all the folks at Palm Beach County, and I said, here's some of the options. We can do more drive-through sites. We can give more to hospitals. We can do the Publix. And they said, we think that would be the easiest thing for our residents. But Melissa McKinley, the county commissioner in the Glades, told us the governor never met with her about the public's deal. Oh, well, the criticism is that it's pay to play, It's governor. wrong. It's wrong. It's a fake narrative. I just disabused you of the narrative. And you don't care about the facts because obviously I laid it out for you in a way that is irrefutable. Well, I, I and so it's clearly not. Isn't there the nearest no, public? No, no, no. You're wrong. You're wrong. Away. You're wrong. Yes, That's sir. That's actually a fact. Okay, so this is, first of all, you could see the, the Trump, why, why Trump fans like DeSantis. Like, he yeah. doesn't care. He's just yeah. going to freaking fire back at you over these things. Uh, of course, they also edited that clip. I don't know if we have, do we have full time to run this? Let's just let's, let's, let, listen to some of this. This is the full uh, clip and the exchange with DeSantis. Much of this hit the cutting room floor on 60 Minutes. You know, Here's the initial question. And about one hundred thousand dollars. So first of all, that what you're saying is wrong. That's that that's a fake narrative. So first of all, when we did the the first pharmacies that had it were CVS and Walgreens, okay. and they had a long term so, care mission. So they were going so to the long term care wrong. facilities. They got vaccine in the middle of December. They started going to the long term care facilities the third week of December to do LTCs. All so that out. was their mission. Mm-hmm. That was very important, and we trusted them to do that. As we got into January, we wanted to expand the distribution points. So yes, you had the counties, you had some drive through sites, you had hospitals that were doing a lot, but we wanted to get it into communities more. So we reached out to other retail pharmacies, Publix, Walmart. Obviously, CVS and Walgreens had to finish that mission. Mm-hmm. And we said, we're going we're gonna to use you as soon as you're done with that. For the Publix, they were the first one to raise their hand, say they were ready to go. And you know what? We did it on a trial basis. I had three counties. I actually showed up that weekend and talked to seniors across four different publics. How was the experience? Is this good? Should you think this is a way to go? And it was 100% positive, so we expanded it, and then folks liked it. And I can tell you, if you look at a place like Palm Beach County, they were kind of struggling at first in terms of the senior numbers. 
I went, I met with the county mayor, I met with the administrator, I met with all the folks at Palm Beach County, and I said, here's some of the options. We can do more drive-through sites. We can give more to hospitals. We can do the Publix. We can do this. Now, back up, they calculated this part, back that 90% of their seniors live within a mile and a half of a Publix. 90%. And they said, we think that would be the easiest thing for our residents. So we did that. And what ended up happening was you had 65 Publix in Palm Beach. Palm Beach is one of the biggest counties, one of the most elderly counties. We've done almost 75% of the seniors in Palm Beach. And okay. the reason so, is because you... So, wow. so first of all, two things you take from this. Number one, he doesn't go from zero to arguing with her at all. She's He explains it very calmly. She mm-hmm. keeps firing back and eventually mm-hmm. it escalates. They only put that part in. They skip the part where 90% of people live within a mile of a public... <laughs> <laughs> which is an incredible statistic. Yeah. Uh, they skip mm. all of that and they make it look like he was uh, giving this just to Publix for these donations when, as he lays out clearly, CVS and Walgreens had it first. And by the way, they still have it. So if you don't have a Publix nearby, you have a CVS or a Walgreens, most likely. It really is. I mean, the media just, they don't even care anymore. They're not even they trying. Don't. But they a don't. ridiculous segment from 60 Minutes. This is the best of the Glenn Beck program. And don't forget, rate us on iTunes. So I am trying to eat healthier and I am. But the thing is, I don't like healthy food. I don't like any of it. You've heard of a fat suit, right? I mean, there's got to be. When are we getting a skinny suit? Something that will make me look skinny because I just want treats all the time. I grew up in a bakery for the love of Pete. The bad news is no skinny suit is coming. You actually have to do the work, blah, blah, blah. That's why I am eating Built Bars. It satisfies my sweet tooth, but it's a protein bar, but not like, you know, that's like eating stuff at the bottom of my chalkboard usually. This is 100% real chocolate. It's low carb, low sugar. If I'm eating a protein bar as a treat, come on, you gotta know it's good. And I am. Mint brownie, cookies and cream, the new flavors that are coming out all the time, they're fantastic. Go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code BECK15 for 15% off your order. Your mouth is going to water just looking at them. Trust me, BuiltBar.com, promo code BECK15. By the way, uh, again, we could really uh, use your thoughts and prayers on behalf of Glenn and his family today. Uh, He's got a family emergency he's dealing with um, maybe all this week. And so if, uh, if you could direct some thoughts and prayers to him and his family that would be great and very much appreciated 888-727-BECK it is uh, Pat and Stu for Glenn uh, on the mask mandate in Texas I think uh, a lot of people are surprised that our numbers continue to trend down yes since the mask mandate being pulled uh, we've gone down another 37% in infections and hospitalizations which you mean, you mean pretty good. up 37%? No, it's actually down. Down 37%. Down 37%. Yeah, down 37%. 20, I just was reading over the weekend, though, that 25 states, I think, had their numbers go up a little bit. They spiked somewhat. Yeah, it does seem like there mm-hmm. is, we had this really big decrease nationally mm-hmm. from over the past few months, partially as, as vaccines started, but I, I don't know how much you can you can really put on that case i think you can look at that from elderly people because there is a really significant percentage of elderly people uh who have been vaccinated now it's over 70 percent of uh elderly people have at least first shots 
Uh, so that, that's a lot. It's helping with the death numbers, though the case yeah. numbers are are uh, they basically plateaued at about the level of the the summer lull before we had that. Uh, Which was how many? How many is that? Uh, give me one second here. I can I can give you that number because basically we had a. If you think of of the way we've dealt with this thing since the beginning, there's been that first wave, right, where everything was going crazy. We didn't have any yeah. tests, and it was basically New York, New Jersey, California. Connecticut. There's some in California, some in Detroit. Uh, mm-hmm. New Orleans got hit pretty hard that first wave, but it was mm-hmm. mostly a northeast wave, if you want to call it that. And that was, uh, that had the, are you looking for cases or deaths? Deaths, so let's just do deaths because they're much easier to actually look at. Um, and because there was no testing in that first wave at all yeah but you got to about 2,000 deaths a day a little over 2,000 deaths a day in that first wave then it came down to around uh, about 600 deaths per day as it came down off of that first wave rose mm. back up in the second wave which would you think of uh, florida texas arizona uh, that rose up to about a thousand a day came back down to about 700 a day before this last wave that we had that was really not nearly as intense in any location, but was much more widespread. It was like a, it, it was not nearly as bad in New York, for example, yeah. um, than it was in that first wave. But wasn't, didn't it get to 4,000 yeah, a day but that one got at up that to, particular point? Yeah, it got up to about, yeah. eh, it, it did hit 4,000 in, in, in individual days. The average got to about 3,500. Okay. Since, so since then, that was uh, end of January, it's come all the way down to 833. So from oh. 35, we're down about 75%. Wow. Cases. That's stunning. significant. Stunning. Yeah. I mean, it's been. Wow. Yeah. Same thing with cases wow. uh, from about 250,000 cases a day <laughs> at, at the peak in that third mm-hmm. wave. We're now down to about 60,000 cases a day, which is about where we were. Which Fauci would say. That's unacceptable. Too high, right? He yeah, would say too, too high. high. But yeah. it's about the lull we had in between the second and third wave of this mm, so okay. it was a point where we were looking at this and saying okay you know we're we've done well at this point we're not all the way down to maybe where we would like to be but we've done well now mm. since since let's say the beginning of march we've basically that decrease has stopped we've hit a plateau at about sixty thousand a day give or take okay so we haven't dropped to like 50 or 40 right we have just stayed at 60 the drop went pretty straight down and then is leveled off about this area yeah now the good thing is uh deaths continue to drop we don't know if that's going to continue but it would make sense that it continues considering we are now uh vaccinating so many older people this is sort of the approach if you remember pat Back in the early days of the pandemic, there were sort of two competing approaches. You had the left-wing approach, which was like, lock everything down. No one goes outside at all, basically, mm-hmm. unless you're, you know, unless you're a doctor. Right? Yeah. Like, only doctors on the roads was their plan. Um, you know, I'm exaggerating a little bit, but not that much. And then there was the conservative idea, which was, hey, we realize this hits people. It's really, really bad for older people and not as bad for younger people. So what if, like, the younger people went out and were able to do what they could do, take basic steps, you know, social Mm -hmm. distancing or whatever, you know, wash your hands a lot, do the basics, but we can keep the economy chugging as much as possible. And we really do kind of lock down on older people, uh, you know, so they, they, you know, nursing homes, for example, aren't getting tons of visitors, right? We don't import known COVID positive patients into nursing homes like Andrew Cuomo was doing. That was an interesting idea from conservatives. Um, But we've kind of now achieved largely that vision right now which is we have 75 percent of sick people 65 plus have at least had one shot 
Now, one shot will get you to about 80% effectiveness uh, with Pfizer and Moderna. Which is pretty good, Which is pretty good. I mean, it's much... 80% is way better than they thought they were going to do with these things at the beginning. Yeah. They were hoping to get to 50. So they got Mm. to 80% with just one shot. The... um, AstraZeneca in the UK is the mainly their chosen vaccine there, and they're only doing one shot right now. They're not even going for for the 90 percent effectiveness with the second shot. There's like let's just get as many people as we can to get one shot. So if you think of it mm. that way, that it's largely effective anyway. Seventy five percent already have it. Over fifty five percent of the of, of the sixty five plus population is fully vaccinated in this country already. It's really really fast. So. We're doing 3 million vaccinations a, a day. day. A day now. Three, That's incredible. 3.08. That's re- that really day. is good. It is really, really good. And so th- this is largely, by the way, we should point out, largely because of the Trump administration. Right. Uh, in conjunction mm-hmm. with with uh, big pharmaceutical companies, the other evil thing, and yeah. capitalism. Right. Those three things working together, getting something that has never, ever been seen before in human history this vaccine program how fast they came up with them how many they got how effective they are yeah how little side effects there have been yeah it is absolutely incredible it's a a miracle it really is it really is and i I know maybe you don't want to get it but that's fine still a miracle and that is fine that's just as important here by the way freedom is really important if you don't want to take the vaccine you shouldn't have to take the vaccine exactly no exceptions to that for me i mean like if you if you think i don't want to get the vaccine because i don't like needles you shouldn't have to get the vaccine if you want, don't want to get the vaccine because you, you don't trust you, it. You just don't That's trust Publix too. and Ron DeSantis and the way they distributed the vaccine near the sub shop. Mm-hmm. That's fine, too. That's really, really important. Uh, and people get really sensitive because they feel as if the government's going to come in and mandate it. We have not seen that yet, but, you know, people are very uh, on top of the passports thing. There's all these mm-hmm. threats of people coercing you to do this. The product is good enough to just be out there. It's just believe in your product a little bit. You got you came up with something really great. It's yeah. working really well around the world. Yeah. And just believe that people and, are going to want to not get the coronavirus. And to, and <laughs> so to have not, and to have not one, but what, four vaccines? Yeah. That are widely in use right now? Yeah. Between Pfizer, Moderna, Johnson and Johnson and AstraZeneca. Yeah, AstraZeneca is not approved here yet, but it is uh, in other parts of the world. But I mean, that's incredible. When incredible. before the 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 data I heard is that the fastest vaccine ever developed was ten years. Yep, and I think they, it was measles. There's one I think was it mumps or something that was I had heard four years four, on. There's really? some conflicting information as to but what I mean, the record was. At it was least fast. four times what it took. This time. And I love, look, I love the superhero American story of the development of this vaccine. I love Me it. Me too. Um, but I will say, you know, look, mRNA technology had been been worked on for 40 years. You know, they've been mm-hmm. working on coronaviruses generally and mRNA for seven years. Because we've this, seen this, a lot of coronaviruses. Yeah, they had a really good head start on this. People mm-hmm. talk about, oh, they just they rushed it through. Well, they had a really good, they've been doing research. It mm-hmm. was a top line research issue. And I think maybe the most exciting part of all of this uh, is that this technology this general it's like a platform and so when they came up with a new variant right when these new variants have come out they've been able to adjust and add bo- and come out with booster shots in weeks because it's just like it's just they just need to tweak it's yeah. not it's a totally different way of coming up with vaccines it's not like the old school way so uh the good thing about this is it could i think it's going to do incredible things for other 
long-term things that people have struggled with, other diseases that people have struggled with. And that's really Mm. great if that's the way this goes. But like we should point out that the Trump administration is, if you want to have political fingers to be pointed, should be pointed to the Trump administration. They are the ones that shepherded this process through. It, it may very well be looked back at as the best thing he did as president. Uh, They're the ones who provided the money. Yeah, they provided the money. They 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 fast tracked. They got fast-tracked, rid of a lot of red tape. Like people are like, oh, they they rushed the vaccine through. Well, they fast tracked the the red tape. Yeah, and that is like it's that's what gets in the way. We yes. could be much more innovative, but the FDA is always shutting these things down or making it take ten years. Right, it's, and it takes so long because, in part, the FDA approval process is a catastrophe, ridiculous, <laughs> ridiculous. And so, instead of going through that, they did something else where you just had a uh, an emergency approval, yeah, emergency or something, use authorization, emergency yeah. use. Authorization. By the way, instead of the actual approval, it very much strengthens your case if you're someone who doesn't want to get it, because it would be very difficult for a government entity to require when it hasn't been approved by the FDA. Right? Yeah, it would be very difficult for that to happen. I don't think it would hold up in court. But again, there are worries there, and you do have to worry about government overreach when it comes to power on these things. I'm just talking about the actual science plus capitalism aspect of this which i freaking love i love that part of it and why wouldn't you because if you're a trump fan this is exactly what he did yeah these were the steps he took to make this happen and it's important to note too that donald trump got the coronavirus as we all would remember right before the election Mm -hmm. in a really bad way had a really rough run with it and even though he had it before he left office he got the vaccine yeah like this is donald trump choosing to take it after he already had it, it's questionable whether you would even need it if you had coronavirus. Like as a COVID nineteen survivor myself, uh, I've had to look into these things, and, as well as a Canadian sports hero and a Canadian sports not, hero. Those two things I'm, I'm known mistaken. for. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, the point is that Trump. I mean, look, you, you could say, you know, it would be very strange decision making for this to be some nefarious plot that Trump willingly decided to take before he left office. I mean, I, yeah. don't, I don't know why he yeah. would do that. The point, though, is that this is going in such a good direction and we've come off of these highs right and i think there's a good chance that we'll get that situation that we talked about as conservatives at the beginning where not through policy but through vaccines the older population is protected so that even if we have flare-ups among the younger population we're likely to won't to, be as to, big a to deal. lose uh, the high death numbers yeah. uh, from the previous <clears throat> outbreaks. Yeah, I was reading an article from somebody who uh, isn't a huge proponent of less restrictions. And even he was saying, um, I can't remember the name, but even he was saying that by Memorial Day, it's going to be hard to say you still need to wear a mask. He said, hmm. we're trending in such a direction now that by Memorial Day, we should be done with that. And that's great if that's true. Look, it's it's great. You know, it's it's true here largely in Texas anyway. I mean, some Mm -hmm. of the signs remain on the doors. Uh, There are certain places. My wife can tell you a list of all of them in this area that will get mad at you if you do not wear a mask. (laughs) I bet she could. (laughs) Oh, yeah. If you're ever on her Instagram page, Mm -hmm. that is about 90 percent of the content is her talking about what places she can walk into without a mask and they won't harass her. That's that's (laughs) most of her attention these days. Our house got destroyed by a flood. So you have that and then you have where can she go shopping without a mask? Those are the two things she thinks about. (laughs) But it's true. I mean, I I have noticed and we made this point in the air pad at the beginning of this that really there's been no big difference from 
in pre, Texas. Yeah, before the announcement. Almost and after, none. Nothing really has changed it. really in my life. Maybe now we're starting to see a little bit more of things opening. Like I, you know, I'm going yeah. to uh, the uh, the America's team, the Toronto Blue Jays, uh, their game against the Rangers today. So expected 100% capacity. That's going to be weird. Yeah, that's something. Because we've been, I've been to wow. a few sporting events with empty seats. This is going to be weird 100%. if it's actually filled. But you do have to wear a mask, right? They do say that unless you're yeah. eating or drinking, which, by the way, I'm at a baseball game. I will be doing a lot of. So <laughs> it's not going to really affect me all that much. I uh, wanted to play for you this uh, pastor. He's originally from Poland, but he lives in Calgary, Canada now and has his parish there. And uh, some police officers came into his church yesterday on Easter Sunday and were hassling people without a mask. And so he kind of took exception to that please get out get out of this property immediately get out <laughs> get out of this property talking to six police officers out. i don't right want to hear anything out of this property immediately i don't want to hear a word out <laughs> out out of this property immediately until you come back with a warrant out yeah out out <laughs> out out <laughs> Out of this property, immediately out. Immediately go out and don't come back. Don't, I don't want to talk to you. Not a word. Out of this property. Out of this property. Guy knows his out. I don't care what you have to say. Out. Out. Out of this property, you Nazis. Out. Out. Gestapo is not allowed here. Mm. Immediately, Gestapo is not allowed. <laughs> out. Do you understand English? Get out of this property. Go. So go. Go. And don't come back without a warrant. Out, Nazi. Out. Out. <laughs> now, what does he you want understand? from the officers here? Nazis I think he wants them to stay, out. have okay. a have a cupcake or something. And don't come back without a warrant. <laughs> Okay. Do not so come back he continues. Uh, he continues to call them Nazi, Gestapo, communists, wow. fascists. Uh, but they leave. And how does this work? They actually leave. Uh, you need amazing. to try this next time you get pulled over. Out! Get out! Out! I don't want to hear you. Get out! I'm going to try that. See how that works. You get pulled over, you know, once a week at least. So <laughs> at least. you, you got to at least give this a shot. Seriously, that, I think that, that's the thing I'm most fascinated about, how they actually, it actually works. Yeah. I mean, of course, they shouldn't be in there doing these things uh, if he wants them to not be there, if they don't have a warrant. Yeah, to come in and, and what enforce i guess the idea was they were enforcing mask policy of yeah. some sort yes i guess they were having church with no masks right and wow and he just put the hammer down he really did uh which is amazing first of all it takes a lot of nerve secondly i mean i'm not normally in favor of uh <laughs> disrespecting the police officers no. but they're they're you know hassling people with masks with not wearing masks on Easter Sunday in a church. Yeah, no, look, Come that's on. that's wrong. I will say also, however, th there's a little Jim Crow 2.0 going on here in that, like, if you were to yell at the Nazis that way, that is not the way the interaction would have would Well, ended. that's true. <laughs> that is... I, I get that's what That's kind of an important point as well. <laughs> it is. Yeah. I mean, uh, look, the police take enough <laughs> abuse from people uh, yeah, that yeah. I don't like to see that. But, but again... You understand. People are frustrated. It's been over Very. a year here of this craziness. And, yeah. you know, look, there's just no reason. There's no reason no, to be enforcing no reason. these types of things. Ask, Tell people reliable information that they can count on and you won't change every two weeks and let them make decisions for themselves. 
And then if they show up, tell them, Get out! Get out! Get out! Get out! Get out!